0: Today, shut up and sit down. It's the Breakfast with Ben's podcast. Tim Ben's with you. Glad that you're with us as we continue to talk hockey here at Trib Live. Well into the off season for the Pens, but with the NHL draft upon us, it's a great time to focus in on the Penguins a few times this week in the podcast, and we will do so and joining us right now to talk about not just the Penguins, but the NHL at large with the draft here. It is Adam Kimmelman from NHL.com. Adam, thanks a lot for taking some time to join us. My pleasure, Tim. It's always fun to talk about the draft. And I bet it's fun to do in Nashville as well, right?
1: It's fantastic here in Nashville. You know, we just had the, uh, the Top Prospects Clinic this morning where they skated with a bunch of Youth hockey players from the Nashville area, which was so much fun. Watching, you know, Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli playing freeze tag on the ice with some of these kids was a real blast to watch. And um, then we had an availability where we got to sort of talk to, you know, some of the guys, Bedard, Fantilli, you know, Ryan Leonard from the U.S. national team, a few other kids. So you could just sense the anticipation and the excitement in those guys, what's going to happen in 24 hours from now. So it's it's pretty cool. And having it here in Nashville, the city's a fantastic host. It's, it's Everything's been great here.
0: Let's start at the top, Adam, with those guys, specifically with Bedard. Uh, so much has been known about him for so long. I feel like it's almost a mundane question to ask how good he can be. But when it comes to the upper crust of NHL draftees guys that came in as clear-cut number ones like Crosby and McDavid how close to that level do you think he can be I think he's got a
1: chance to be a top-end foundational NHL player a guy you can build your franchise around I think you, you watch Connor Bedard and what he's done you know you take into the fact you take into consideration that not only is he the best player in this year's draft he's also the youngest he doesn't turn 18 for another couple of weeks So everything he's excelled at, he's excelled as the youngest guy on his team. And that's been the whole way up from playing in the Western Hockey League for an entire season as a 15-year-old. He's played, you know, pro hockey in Sweden already during the COVID year. You know, he goes to the World Juniors, which is a 20-year-old tournament, as a 17-year-old. And he has the fourth highest, fourth most points ever in a World Junior tournament, most ever by a Canadian player. You know, he's just been a dominant, dominant player at every level he's gone to while being a young player, uh, one of the youngest players on his team. So I don't see anything preventing him from being a top-flight, top-level, long-term NHL star. I I think we're looking at a guy who's going to come in and and really be a guy that that you're going to be talking about, a face-of-the-league type of, of player soon.
0: Ovechkin was so much defined by his shot. McDavid so much defined by his skating and speed. Crosby's a little less uh, individually definable. You know, you could talk about vision, hand-eye, creativity, things of that nature. What will be Bedard's strongest point, his most defining attribute?
1: I-, I think the shot. I think the shot is, it's powerful, it's you know confusing for goalies he's able to to hide it and and change the angle of his blade and change with the release point and it's so varied and so you know unusual that's really like it's so difficult to stop you know we had John Williams from Central Scouting on from NHL Central Scouting on our NHL Draft Class podcast and he talked about just how the shot is so has so much deception on it from the release to the power to the accuracy, that goalies just they they're powerless against it. So that to me is going to be Bedard's defining quality because he's it, the shot is, is remarkable. And then you add in all the other things that the head for the game, the skating, the vision, the ability to find open spots on the ice to get that shot off. Yeah, I, but I, I think it, a lot of it revolves around the shot and just how good and how dynamic it is.
0: Adam Fantilli out of Michigan, largely believed to be the number two guy going to Anaheim. What would you look at it's him and, and sort of project as a high-end comp in the National Hockey League? Well, you know, I, I think
1: since he's going to go to the Anaheim Ducks, I think, you know, a, a big, strong center, it's going to look a little reminiscent to a Ryan Getzlaff. The power game, the skill game, the ability to, you know, maybe he doesn't have the – he's not six foot five like Getzlaff was. But it's 6'2 and, and close to 200 pounds by the time next season starts. He's a guy that has some edge to his game. You know, he's a, he's an outstanding skater. You know, you don't walk into NCAA hockey as an 18-year-old and dominate the way Adam Fantilli did without being an exceptional player. You know, led all NCAA players in points, tied for the lead in goals. But then he goes to the World Junior Championship and he changes his role. He goes from a top-line center, a number-one power play guy, to a guy who can play a third-line winger and and be a really big contributing player a guy who can step in and and find a role and assimilate into a role and he helps canada win the gold medal at the world juniors then he does the same thing at the world championship and he wins a gold medal you know playing with nhl type talent and all those guys we played with the world championship came away you know really excited by what he's capable what adam Fantilli is capable of doing So my guess is he goes number two to the Anaheim Ducks. My guess is after probably one more year at the University of Michigan, he's going to be a dominant, big power center at the NHL level.
0: I've heard it said that Michkov, the Russian player from St. Petersburg, if it weren't for the concerns about him getting over here, when he will, how easy it will be to get him over here, I've heard some people suggest that His name might be mentioned closer to Bedard's than it is right now. The projections for him, usually I see 4-5 or in the draft, but I've heard some people say it's akin to, like, you know, Ovechkin and Malkin when they came out. Do you see it that way?
1: I think from a raw skill perspective, yeah. Mitch is as close as you can get to Bedard. Just from everything he does, the head, the skating, the shot, you know, the, the intelligence on the ice, everything you want in a player but there are some real-world issues that you have to deal with, one of them being three more years on his his KHL contract, and when you're going to eventually get him over here to North America, get him into your lineup. Whatever team takes him has to be willing to be patient and know that if he continues on the development track that he's on, you're going to drop a a really high-end superstar-type player into your lineup at some point in the future. You just don't know necessarily when that point is going to
0: be. Adam Kimmelman is with us from NHL.com as we talk about the NHL draft. Let's get to the Penguins now, Adam. And guys, they might be able to swing at number 14. The Pens drafting fairly high, but what has become their standards, and boy, do they need to restock the cupboard when it comes to draft picks. A name that I got introduced to early in the draft process for them, and I decided I fell in love with this pick, Axel sandin Palika, the defenseman from Sweden, not only because I want a guy named Axel running the point for the (laughs) Penguins someday because I'm a Guns N' Roses fan, but also because people suggest there's a lot of Chris Letang in his game. Um, Do you agree with that assessment, A? And B, has his stock driven up so much he's not going to last out of the top 10 now?
1: Well, I I think, yeah, in my mock draft, I have him actually going at number 8 to Washington. He is probably the the most offensively skilled defenseman in this year's draft class, the way he was able to dominate, you know, in the Swedish junior league level, he got some time in the, in the Swedish hockey league. He's got to get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger as most of these kids do, but he has the look of being a really, really solid player for whatever team drafts him. He's going to have to probably be paired with a a guy who's a little bit more on the defensive side of it, where because I don't know if that ge- that element of his game is going to develop to where you know you would use him maybe on your top penalty kill pair that kind of thing, but I-, I think he's a guy that if you need somebody to run your power play, if you need somebody to be that extra, almost like a fourth forward in the attack, I think that's the st- that's the strength of Sandine Palika's game.
0: Two other guys that come up with the Penguins quite a bit. In your mock, you had Nate Danielson, I believe, from uh, the Brandon Wheat Kings. Can we talk about him? And we can also talk about Matthew Wood from Connecticut? Because I've seen his name to the Penguins quite a bit, too.
1: For sure. With Danielson, you know, he kind of took his game to another level this season where he went from being, you know, a 200-foot, you know, checking line center where you can throw him out there against the other team's top players and all hope for him to hold him to a standstill to a guy who could be used in all situations, be a dependable offensive contributor. You know, when when they had a coaching change there, Marty Murray, former NHL forward took over there and he said Danielson was our guy at all times, up a goal, down a goal early in a game, late in a game. Anytime we needed an offensive push, he was our guy and he had 80 points, but he didn't really have the talent around him commensurate to his skill level. So he could help elevate other guys that with the right talent around him, that 80 points could have easily been a 95 point season. So there's a lot of hope that with Danielson, you know, the skating still get a little bit better. He's still going to get a little bit stronger. He's six foot one, so you like the the size and the reach that he's got. But Danielson projects to be a really good player. And, and like you said, the, the the Penguins need a lot of prospects. They need a lot of help in what they're trying to develop, especially through the middle. Because you know, as great as Crosby and Malkin are. And even though they were Pittsburgh's two best players this year, they've got more games behind them than they do ahead of them. Unfortunately, they need to, the Penguins need some help. And I think if you're going to build out, you build out through the middle. Nate Danielson, I think if he's available, there would be a really good a really good selection for the Penguins.
0: And how about Wood, the UConn kid, six foot three, about one ninety. Uh, I saw one projection that said he's a little bit like Matthew Nyes. And that's interesting to me. I I loved him at Minnesota, first of all. And it looked like what he brought to the Gophers was going to project for the Leafs. There's the Kyle Dubas connection there. Is that an accurate parallel to draw for what this kid can be? And do you also see the sort of connection between Dubas playing in here for Wood?
1: Well, for sure. I I think that comes into the equation. You know, I I think... You know, with Matthew Wood, again, a guy who took his game to another level this year, getting to go to NCAA hockey and just kind of get bigger, get stronger, get used to a higher level of competition that he got at University of Connecticut versus what he had in the BC League. So I I think as he continues to develop, he's going to need you know more time in school just to continue getting his game where it needs to be, building up his body, getting stronger. But you watch what he did at the World Under-18s. You know, I think he led Canada in scoring there. You know he was a really good player there. Played on probably Canada's best line with Callum Ritchie and Macklin Celebrini. You know he was he looks like he's going to be a really good player for somebody. I, I've heard more comparisons to Tage Thompson. Hmm. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's sort of because he's really tall and he went to, he goes to Connecticut much like Tage Thompson did. But you know I, I think the scoring touch is very similar. The way they approach the game, you know, whereas Tage Thompson also needed some help you know, getting his, fine-tuning his skating as a 19-year-old, I, I think Matthew Wood is sort of in that same projectable range where, you know, as as long as he keeps getting, improving the little areas of his game that needs to get better, he looks like he's going to be a real, a real threat to be a power forward for somebody at the NHL level for a very long time.
0: Is there a dark horse that you see the Pens reaching for or a top 10 kind of guy that might slip a bit to Pittsburgh? Well, you know, it's hard to say because
1: this draft is so deep that you could ask, you know, three or four scouts, who do you have from six to 15? And those nine names could be in a completely different order mm-hmm. on all three guys lists. So, you know, you look at some of the guys like if they want to look at a forward, someone like Colby Barlow, someone like Oliver Moore, Moore, you know, is considered probably the quickest skater, the best skater in this year's draft coming off the U.S. national team program. He also plays center, which is a nice, certainly an area of need. You know, one of those guys could be available when the Penguins pick. We talked about, you know, Danielson. Zach Benson is another one. You know, crafty, skilled, and smart. Um, His hockey IQ is off the charts. Makes him look faster than he actually is. But he does certainly need to get bigger and stronger. He's one of the smaller. He's very much on the smaller side, but he's so smart and so elusive that, can't hit what you can't catch and he's just crafty enough to keep himself in and out of certain little areas but he's also a guy who plays with a little bit of an edge and there's some fearlessness to his game where he's willing to get to the net and get to the dirty areas to produce but if Benson can get bigger and stronger he's certainly a guy if he's available the Penguins would have to look at.
0: Adam, thanks so much for the time. This was great insight. I'm glad you could come on. Appreciate your willingness to join us and talk about some Penguins prospects here for the draft. Where can people find you on draft night? Are you going to be on the broadcast of the NHL.com? Or are you blogging somewhere? Where can people check you out on draft night?
1: Yeah, I'll be doing the pick-by-pick analysis on NHL.com as we go through the first round and, and giving fans a little chance to see what this pick is going to mean to them and to their organization.
0: Awesome, Adam. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.
1: All right. My pleasure, Tim.